0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Words Podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and I am so honored to be able to share with you the word that we have received this week during the celebration of uh, the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. Certainly it's not easy to talk about the Trinity on a regular time. Imagine uh, this particular time when our culture has... Uh, really given us a lot to think about. There are a lot of protests here in the United States, people feeling so many things, and uh, I decided to share um, some of my feelings, some of my ways of... I'm processing uh, the events in the light of Trinitarian relationships and how I have to be the very first one to examine my conscience to make sure that every relationship is always motivated by love. Let's open our hearts and our minds so that we can uh, receive the word and uh, take a step heavenwards. Let us bow our heads and pray. God, our Father, who by sending into the world the word of truth and the spirit of sanctification, made known to the human race your wondrous mystery, grant us, we pray, that in professing the true faith, we may acknowledge the Trinity of eternal glory and adore your unity, powerful in majesty. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned But whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God, the Gospel of the Lord. Today is such a beautiful and special Sunday, isn't it? Well first of all, it's the first Sunday when we gather a little bit more, right, as a community. Uh, Last time we were together it was mid-March and I miss you and uh, uh, it was, of course we had mass every day but you know you're meant to be here so I'm glad that all of you are here. Some of you have special seating, too. Yeah, that's very nice over there. All right. And, and of course, it was so awesome working with some members of the Environment Committee, Literature Committee, trying to figure out how to go, how to move, making sure that all the guidelines are followed. And that's a way for us to show that we love one another. But today is also another, uh, it's another reason for us to be happy today is that today is the feast when we celebrate who God is in himself. It's the feast of the Trinity. All the other holidays we always, uh, you know, focus on an event in the life of Jesus or something that God has done for us. But today is the Sunday when we celebrate who God is. And we are thankful that God has revealed himself to us so that we can get to know him. And yet, of course, God will and must remain always a mystery. Meaning there is always something more that we can learn about God because it's, it will, we will never be able to comprehend fully who God is. But we have to learn more and more and go and, and expand our minds and our hearts and, so that we can welcome His revelation. The Feast of the Trinity is not an easy thing to, to do. Usually when, if I have, a, 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 if there is a deacon in a parish or whatever, I always invite somebody else to preach about it. Because I remember when I took class, uh, I was in Rome, I was studying in Rome, um, on the Trinity. Uh, the professor uh, told us at the very beginning that uh, this is a class on the Trinity. By the time, at the end of the semester, you will not have understood a thing about the Trinity. And we were like, what? Is this going to be on the, on the exam? You know. And then at the end of class, he was trying to be funny. He said, I told you. But in the sense, we had to pass the exam anyway. But, uh, and there is so much to learn about the Trinity. The catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that the Christian life rests on the Trinity. We cannot be Christians without the Trinity, without our belief in the Trinity, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three persons in one Godhead. Yet uh, a major theologian uh, said something very, very important. He said, should the church one day decide that we no longer believe in the Trinity? It's not going to happen, but he was working hypothetically. He said, the vast majority of people will not miss this concept. Why? Because I think we, whenever we talk about the Trinity, we always think of something theological, something that we have put on a shelf, something that is difficult, um, something that doesn't make sense. One plus one plus one, it's still one, like what? Well, um, you know, we, we have difficulties, and therefore we kind of put it aside. Suddenly, we do the sign of the cross, we say in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We want to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yet, the church tells us that we cannot be who we are without basing ourselves, without grounding ourselves on this concept, on the Trinity, on who God is in Himself. Father, Son, Spirit. Certainly, it didn't help the fact that Christian imagination, Christian artists, always depicted the Holy Spirit as the bird. So it's like the old man with a beard, the young man with a beard, and the bird. So that doesn't happen either. But we have to understand that when we enter into this mystery, when we try to figure out, and we can do that, and interestingly, we get this holiday on the Sunday after Pentecost. Meaning that after having meditated on the mystery and uh, the effect of the resurrection, And after celebrating the reception of the Holy Spirit, we are now equipped to look up and ask God, trying to figure out who God is. The best part of all things is the fact that the Word, the the, the Scriptures, when they present God, they make us understand that God is a Trinity because He is first and foremost love scripture tells us today we get this passage very famous right have you seen the guy on uh, football uh field here john three sixteen. that's what we read john uh, john god so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all of us can be saved now look at this this is a revolutionary christianity made explicit Something that is implicit in other religions. But we have it in an explicit way. God is love. It's written in the book. So we don't have to figure out if God loves us or doesn't love us. Do- we don't have to figure out if we have to do something to love him or not. We know God is love. and Which means not only that he does the loving, that he's worthy of receiving love because he's lovable, but he is love. And it is in this concept that we have to find the beginning and the end of our understanding of who God is, knowing that this belief must impact our life. We cannot think that the Trinity is just something that we study. It's part of our lives. So, how do we understand God? How do we enter into this? Mystery. Let's understand that God is a trinity of persons, but these persons are in relationship with each other. And God relates to us as a father, calling us his children. Can you hear? These are all words of relationship. And the scriptures today invite us to contemplate this, that God is not a concept that we believe with our mind. It's someone that we can experience in our lives. We can experience God and His love for us in our relationships. Why? God made us in His image. So there is something about God that is reflected in us. And therefore we are truly Christian when we relate to ourselves, to God, and to one another in a Trinitarian way. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, by this they will recognize you as my disciples if you love one another. If you enter into relationships that are like God's. God relates to us in a loving way. We relate to ourselves and to each other in loving way. I cannot read your lips, so you have to be slightly louder. Okay. (laughs) Only in this way, in the way we relate to one another, we can experience God. We can understand God with the books. But experiencing God is in our relationships. What does that mean? Now, is that theologian correct, saying that whether we believe in the Trinity, whether we let God impact our lives and our relationships, change us or not? Do our lives really rest on the fact that God is love, and that those who believe can experience salvation, and those who don't believe already can experience now disconnection, condemnation? How does this belief in the Trinity impact and informs and makes us react properly as we are looking at what's happening in this country. Do we have something to say to the world by the fact that we believe in the Trinity? Guess what? I think we can. And it's not easy. And I struggle. Most especially, I'm struggling trying to figure out how to commun- communicate to you what comes from Scripture, what comes from the teaching of the church, because again, we are all reacting to what we are seeing in a very different way. But does the fact that we believe in the Trinity should make us react differently? We wonder. So I'm sharing with you what I've been going through and as I'm going through, as I've witnessed all this unrest in this country. Not long ago, we, I saw people uh, protesting. Um, saying that the guidelines and the norms of protection and common health and all the things were too much, and some people have perceived these regulations, these um, all these guidelines, to be oppressive. Okay, I got it. I- I'm not understanding it. Not understanding it. Why? Because I was reflecting on my experience. As I go to Wawa and I have to get out of the car in order to get my latte or whatever. No, I don't get a latte, but that's okay. Um, I have to put on the mask. That's not oppressive. It's not oppression. What is it? It's inconvenience. Right? They're inconvenience what to do, the mass, the thing, when we come to church, you know, it's inconvenient. We're going to receive communion. We have to do the staff, take it up. It's inconvenient. It's not oppressive. I do not perceive it as oppression. Why? Because the word oppression refers to something that put pressures on and the mass doesn't. It's inconvenient. Then I was thinking, well, what is oppression then? Well, oppression is something that can be systematic, can be political, can be religious, it can be whatever, that puts pressure onto someone and push him down. And of course the daunting, haunting image that comes to mind every time I hear the word oppression is what? That knee on someone's head. That is oppression physically, there is a pressure there. So if I confuse inconvenience with oppression, I might confuse also oppression for inconvenience. What do I mean by that? said, so, well, it seems that now we, we, we keep hearing black lives matter, and we are saying, but all lives matter. Isn't it Jesus said all lives matter? Yes, that's true. But I can tell you one thing. If that is the lesson that Jesus gave us, I don't think we're learning the lesson yet. And you know what happens when I don't learn the lesson? I have to go back and learn it again. And this is a good opportunity for us to look at what do we need to learn about how to live with one another how to be citizens how to be children of god in this particular society in this particular country that's the challenge that's the challenge because sometimes i say when i say all lives matter i might say it because i want to quiet down the Noise that I hear about people complaining that there is prejudice in this country. I don't want to believe it. I know it's there. And I know it's there because it's in me as well. But in order to quiet that voice, I say, all lives matter. And I feel incredibly awesome by saying that. But I'm saying what? I don't want that to be visible. You know, when we do um, breast cancer awareness, We're not saying that all other cancers are not important, right? But we're focusing on something that is making us suffering. We're not taking anything away from the others, but we're focusing on something. So saying black lives matter, it's important. Because that's where we're weak. I have to tell you, I don't know what it means to be a black person in the United States today. I know what it means to be a white person. I also know what it means to be an immigrant. And how many times whenever I share with people, whether online or in lessons and teaching, when I share with people what the church stands and that I am standing on what the church believes, I've heard many times people telling me, well, if you don't like it, you can go back to your country. Like, I'm here by choice. And there is something there that we can inform each other. But we we are developing this thing is, you either agree with me or you're a bad person. Well, perhaps the Trinity helps us to understand that unless I love you, I cannot see you as God sees you. We Christian Catholics, we want to go back to the church because we want to receive communion, right? Well, you can eat the whole tabernacle. Let me tell you. But unless we make the choice of living out our faith and be Eucharistic, we will never be able to see what God sees in the way that God sees. You see, what a great conversion. And it begins by making an examination of conscience and say, where do I struggle? Do I see people for who they are from the point of view of God? Am I suffering? with those who are suffering because they are not recognized as they would like to, as I would like them to be recognized. So I need to listen to, I need to be aware of, I need to be open to welcome and love the other in that situation. That's how we make a difference in the world, my friend. That's how we go out there in the world and build up Relationships, making sure that I don't hide issues, but I welcome them. The Pope, the bishops of the United States, the bishops all around the world are standing in solidarity where people who are experiencing prejudice of all kinds, but especially, especially racial, we should also react with the same fire, with the same zeal that God is showing us and making sure that we understand that the cross, and I'm quoting scriptures here, the cross made two people one. But not just by saying it, by by really making all of us children of God. So, do we see each other in a Trinitarian way? Do I see you and do I understand that the way I love you allows me to experience God as a Trinity? as God who loves me. And the way you love me allows you to experience God as loving you. That's how the Trinity becomes more real. When we really start considering all of us as children of God. We may do it in our minds, but deep inside we may, leave, may, may believe some restrictions may apply. But that's not who we are. When he paid the price, he paid the price. We must behave in that way as we continue to pray. We want to thank the Lord that he has revealed himself to us as a father who loves us immensely. And he wants us now to make choices of love so that we can recognize him as love. Love that is very diverse. The three persons on the Trinity are very diverse. We are very diverse. And we have to be one as he is one. And we want to continue to bring this good news out in the world by being those people who also make actions, take actions of unity, (coughs) of building bridges out of love. Because only this way our faith in the Trinity will be credible and only this way we will be able to witness to all people that indeed, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that all of us calling Him Father, can discover ourselves to be all children of God. Thank you for listening. And um, I hope that uh, the Feast of the Trinity will help you and inspire you to take a look at uh, the way you live your relationships, making sure that you always find ways to live them in love that God has poured into your heart. I wish you well, and I'll talk to you soon next time. God bless. Bye-bye.